Whatever it takes I know I can make it through A Degrassi podcast With Kelsey and Holland too I know I can make it through Welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi Next Class. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 1, Hashtag Back to Reality. And Kelsey, will you please read us the episode description? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grace and Jonah keep their relationship on the DL. Tristan starts back slowly at school, and Esme is willing to do whatever it takes to keep her man. We get, like, a four-second appearance of Tristan. I don't know. I know. I'm like, why is Tristan in the description? I don't know. But also, what was the other plot? Was it just Esme and then Grace and Jonah? That's all I remember. Uh, oh, no. Um, Yale. Oh, yeah. And her boobs. Yeah. Okay, full disclosure. I, I know. Why not remember Yale's name this entire episode, so she is unfortunately <laughs> just written down as Hunter's girlfriend. Oh, no. It's been a while. We're back, by the way. I mean, obviously. But, yes, it has been a while. I also did consider watching the finale of season three again, so I didn't forget anything. But then I was like, I don't want to rewatch Maya's, like, suicide attempt, so I'm not going to do that to myself. So I'm sorry if this episode is riddled with, I don't know, I don't remembers from both of us yeah that's, but that's fair i i just didn't it's probably gonna to happen it again, so <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that if it maybe were I should. if it <laughs> if it weren't so heavy i would have just because it's been so long but i feel like i remembered most of what happened anyway although i don't remember if we even had any inkling that grace and jonah were going to be i guess maybe we did a little We've bit been speculating that I f- grace and jonah were gonna end up together for like an entire season yeah. Um, and this, se- this episode, this season kicks off immediately with a Jonah and Grace makeout session that I was not prepared for. Me neither. I, like, just w- what an entrance to the final season of Degrassi Next Class. Honestly. Um, I've come across my first fashion note, but I realized I really did not take a lot. I took zero but fashion I liked- notes. Okay, I liked Grace's skull rings. At one point, Esme's wearing, like, a light blue dress that I thought was cute. And I liked Maya's, like, sweatery, long tank top thing that I remember her wearing in, like, therapy. And that's all I got. Esme and Maya, I would say, are Degrassi's best dressed at all times. Agree. Agree. Um... And then, so they're making out, like, behind the bus or something, which, if you're keep trying to keep it secret, not the most secret location to make out, but we find out that their relationship is secret. They've, based, they've been, like, hooking up all summer, or all winter break. It's winter. They're back from winter break, right? I, the timeline of the show will never not be confusing to me. Hard same. And they, like... So they, like, do, like, the Jonah leaves first, Grace follows. They are now meeting up with everybody in front of the school. And Tiny immediately zeroes in on the hickey on Grace's neck. Also, again, if you're trying to keep the secret, maybe don't give her a hickey. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just something so high school about a hickey. It's, like, embarrassing. Oh, totally. It's extremely embarrassing. 
Or if you're going to have hickeys and you're keeping the secret, maybe invest in some like high coverage foundation. Yeah. Like just um, some really great concealer. Yeah. And then Tristan is back for one class a day. So we get that set up. He can speak now. He notices Grace's hickey as well. Um, and we also find out that Degrassi's going to have a fun fair this week, which is our event of the week. <laughs> Always a good time to have an event. And of the week. then Esme proceeds to ruin the mood like always and calls it a suicide fair. Um, because we're having fun fair to keep spirits high because of the Maya stuff, it seems like. Um, I'm very, and on the longer we go on with the show, the more conflicted about Esme I become. Like she's she's so terrible, but also like there's so many reasons why she's terrible. And she's also like she's so honest. She's that like kind of honest where it's like you're very mean and you should probably discover a filter. But like the thing is she's very rarely wrong when she's being super honest. Yeah. Like she's like, I tell it like it is, which is like not always a quality I enjoy in people. Like I would not be her friend. But most of the things she no. says, I'm like, I think I agree with Esme, but I would never say it that way. Exactly. It's like just because you're right doesn't mean you always need to say it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe couch it a little bit more i don't know yeah esme it's bottom line is like this child needs help and she's not getting help because i think she's good at pretending like she's got it together at least enough to like probably the adults in her life to where like no one's really checking in on her so she's just like just unchecked unstable and, but she's still, like, awful. She's still a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very conflicting. I hope we see her get help this season, but I don't know. It gets canceled after this season, so I'm not extremely optimistic about what the trajectory is going to be for her character, but I guess we'll see. We did get an email um, a while ago. I think like two, like when Esme first like appeared on the scene, we got an email that like her story became really interesting and like complex. And if they had gone on like, and it just started to really get good apparently in season four. And whoever yeah. emailed us was like, "You're gonna wish that they had a season five so that they could round out her storyline because it's like you just kind of end up. I feel like we're apparently gonna be left unsatisfied." with Esme's storyline at the end of this. so (laughs) disappointing. Yeah. At least, I hope we can at least see, like, maybe where they were going to go and maybe just fill in the blanks mentally. But I don't know. Um, But then Maya is back at school. Um, Grace gives her a hug and is like, stop treating her like she's made out of glass. Like, come on, she's back. Yay. Which I appreciate. Everyone's, like, being really, like, you know tiptoeing around her um totally take a group selfie and then maya joins in on the running bit like everyone is commenting on this hickey including tristan and like everybody (laughs) um yeah and uh, maya joins in on it too it's a fun running bit i I like it yeah but as soon as uh maya shows up like uh zig runs over to her and esme is like immediately threatened by her presence which 
continues throughout this episode. Yep. Um, but then we are with the uh, hunter gang is what I'm just going to call them. And they're like debating bounty castles that are going about the bounty castles that are going to be at this fun fair. And Yale's like, I don't want to go on the bounty council. Like, I don't like them anymore. And then, like, the boys walk away. And Lola's like, I know why you don't want to go on the bounty castle. <laughs> and it's because of her boobs. And she's insecure about how big her boobs are getting. And Lola's like, let me take you to get for a bra fitting. You're probably, like, not wearing the same, the right size. Did you know that 85% of women are wearing the wrong bra size? It's a human rights issue. <laughs> I love Lola. Also, I'm definitely wearing the wrong bra size. I never know. I've, got, I've gone to fitings, yeah. and it's never been consistent once in my whole life. It's, like, different every time. I know you're supposed to, like, measure, like, like the underwire size and then, like, over your boobs, and that's supposedly the size. But I think... Like, the actual bra makers don't always follow that type of sizing. Um. But I've also consistently been wearing, like, sports bras for the past year, so I haven't really had – I haven't had an issue in a while. Um. Um, Also, I – as someone who has been in a bouncy castle semi-recently, they are still very fun. Bouncy castles and their funness (laughs) holds up. I would imagine bouncy castles. Did you ever go to like a trampoline park or a trampoline place? I, I never <laughs> did that um, because it's it just like I am. I, I've been told that if I have like bird bones, like I just feel like I would like immediately twist an ankle or a knee or a hip. Like I literally, oh, a thousand my percent. hip popped out of place twice this week walking my dog. Like I should never be on a trampoline. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was definitely, like, people would always have, I was a little too old when the one, like, it near my town opened up, but, like, my younger siblings always went to birthday parties at the trampoline park, and inevitably, there was always a kid who, like, twisted his ankle or got hurt or something. Yeah, it seems very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um... But then we're in class with Esme and Zig, and Esme's writing, like, property of Esme on his arm, which is okay. Like, I don't even know how to comprehend that. They're in grade 12 art, <laughs> and they're, they need to, like, partner up to, like, recreate famous works of art with a partner. And Zig wants to partner up with Maya because um, he's just, like, wants to be there for her. And Esme is extremely offended by this. And then Tiny tries to help and is like, he just wants to be there for your, for her. She almost died. He's trying to help. And then he's, and then he like goes too far and says like, oh yeah, they broke up because he was super jealous and like gives Esme terrible ideas of how to make Zig jealous, so she partners up with Saad with the intent to make Zig jealous, which just seems... I can already tell this is going to be a mess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, Tiny has such a habit of, um, like, oversharing and saying, like, the wrong thing when he thinks he's being helpful. Totally. (laughs) Um, but then we're with Zoe and Grace. I'm in like the leadership people and Winston's there. 
And finally, Zoe's going to help Grace hide her hickey. Like, finally, someone has offered to help with this. <laughs> and then they're like, so who gave you the hickey? Why don't you tell us? Why is it a secret? Do you think you're a moped? And I've ne- I had never heard this term before. Me neither. Is it horrible that I think it's kind of clever? Like, it's very offensive. It's not cool at all. But they're like, it's fun to ride until someone sees you with it. And I'm like, that's kind of fucking funny. Exactly. It's a great term. I, yeah, but I, I'd never heard it before. And I feel like what, or no, I think they're like, is he your moped? And then Winston's like, and Grace is like, what even is that? And like, we define the term. And then she's like, um, no, it's not like that. And then Winston's like, do you think you're his moped? Winston, it's like, Winston, man. shut the fuck All up. All the boys at Degrassi have like, say the wrong thing syndrome. It's bad. No tact. Um, so then Grace is like, oh, no, what if I am his moped? Um, and then we cut to the bra fitting with Yale. And she's trying out a new bra. She's like, she just f- feels very uncomfortable in her body, which is sad to watch. But she gets a bra that fits her better. I love this friendship. I love Lola just, like, storming into the dressing room being like, okay, it looks great. I love it. You're doing good. This, I love this friendship. I'm so happy about too. it. This feels like, like, even though, like, I don't know, even though they seem like they would be so mismatched and, like, sometimes Lola does not help Yale in the way that Yale needs to be helped um, and vice versa, like, for the most part, there's such it's such a good friendship, and I feel like it's so much healthier and like a better match than Lola with Frankie and Shay like Frankie and Shay and Lola are just like the most toxic trio with each other (laughs) honestly Lola and Yale like don't seem like they would be a good match but they it's like such a healthier more supportive friendship even if it's like occasionally totally I think they they really complement each other and it's like they they because they're so different, they can offer up such different perspectives to, like, help each other with their own issues, where it's like, like, I'm insecure about this part of me, and the other person's like, let me help you with that. Like, I, I, like, you're fine. What are you talking about? And, like, vice versa. It's like, they have different problems, so the other person can be a little more objective about helping the other one with their problems. Yeah, and I feel like they're just, like, Whereas, such like, different people with, like, different priorities and like different vibes and just totally different personalities that there's never competition like they're never exactly the same thing so they're never they're never like they can only be supportive of each other which is not to say that you like shouldn't be friends with the same interests and like that competition can not it can be healthy sometimes but I, i just think it like it lends well to their friendship yeah like it's kind of like how you and i have complete opposite taste in dudes so we never ever <laughs> yes. have to be like, but we both like him, which was like such a problem that I had with every friend in high school. <laughs> well, in high school, it's also like the pool is so much like smaller and you only know so many people. So I feel like that's also just so, so bound to happen in high school. But yes, we have never had to have, we've never had that issue ever. Never once. Yeah. Which I think is good. I, I think that's also important. Yeah, and it's like, even though we have, like, we work in the same field, we have such different jobs. I think that, like, the fact that we've never had to be, like, aggressive in competing about anything has 
Because Lola exactly. plus, and it does the same for Lola and Yale. Yeah, totally. Um, but then we're with Esme and Saad, and Esme wants to recreate the birth of Venus. Bad and bad idea. I just, oh my god. I goodness. mean, I love the painting, and but let's not do that. Not for school. <laughs> not for high school. Um, and then uh, somehow, like, they, the topic of Maya comes up and Saad didn't know about uh, Maya's uh, suicide attempt. Yep. And he doesn't previously. know enough about Esme to know never to tell Esme anything. And he tells her that he let Maya on the roof. And, like, yeah. he feels really guilty and he didn't know what happened and stuff. But, yeah, he tells Esme, which yeah. obviously is now ammunition for later because Esme is usually horrible. And then she's naked. And he is he just looks so uncomfortable, which is extremely fair. It's, uh, this is just, uh, I don't. Esme, this child needs help, but I also kind of hate you. Yeah. So I don't, that's like the thesis statement for Esme. I understand that you need help, but I also hate you. Yeah. Also, um, Saad is like extremely the wrong person to choose for something like this. Yeah. Like she's much better <laughs> off with like a Winston or something. I mean, no matter who it is, she's putting him in such an uncomfortable situation. Yes. It's like almost like. Sex, it's like sexual harassment, essentially, it's where it's like, here's my naked body that you didn't ask for. Yes. And it's just, what are you supposed to do in that situation if you're a teenage boy? And yeah, I mean, if a guy was doing this, we wouldn't even be anybody. having a conversation about whether or not it's sexual harassment. Like, there is no yeah. consent involved. And suddenly she like she literally is flashing him, but like prolonged <laughs> with a with a shitty oh, excuse. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, this annoyed me um, a lot. <laughs> but then we are with Grace, and she's now, like, in her head about this moped concept. And she's talking to Jonah about, like, so why are we keeping it secret? Like, maybe we shouldn't anymore. And Jonah doesn't want Frankie to know yet because he's afraid that she'll hurt herself because she's still hung up on him. And I don't know. And because of like the Maya, like because of the Maya incident, he doesn't want to like give anybody a reason to feel sad enough to hurt themselves. Um, that's essentially this scene. And Grace is like, okay, that makes sense. We'll keep it a secret for now. But then we're in art class, and even like Zig and Maya's painting features. Part, like almost nudity yes. too. Like what are they like doing? They... They're so the the. I think the what was it? it was Renaissance paintings was the theme. You can find a lot of Renaissance yeah. paintings where people aren't naked. You've got a lot to choose. Yeah, from. a lot of Renaissance paintings were like, uh, like religious based. Just go with one of those. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's oh man, I don't know. I mean, I guess like this is what like high school. A lot of high school students are gonna do, but I feel like it. I mean, maybe just art teacher should make the rule no nudity. Like, but I don't think it ever would have even occurred to me. And I took like a lot of like advanced no. classes and stuff in high school. And it's like, I don't think it ever once would have occurred to me to include nudity in something. 
No, not at all. Um, and then, so for some reason, the teacher doesn't have a problem with that painting. Probably because, like, Zig's, like, privates are covered. It's just he's, like, shirtless in the painting with, like, a leaf over his I th- under I there. she should have been way more <laughs> pissed off about this. Because I found this, like... I, my note about this is that Esme is making a great point for all the wrong reasons. I found this painting to yes. be just as terrible. Me too. I was uncomfortable. If I saw that as a teacher, I would be like, this is a child depicted as like almost naked. He's basically wearing a Even if it is cloth. Like there's no, you know, it's not like he's just shirtless. Like he's not wearing pants. Like yeah. the whole thing. It's just as naked as the birth of Venus essentially and it honestly it is like yeah I mean Esme because so then Esme and Saad do their presentation and the teacher like gets really mad and Esme makes the point like well Ziggs is like the same shit but he's a boy and you know this isn't fair um which is fucking true and then they all get attention but the thing it, it is exactly the same as far yeah. as the amount of nudity and goes. And the teacher is like, good job, Zig and Maya. And then, like, freaks out about Esme. I'm like, these are both offensive. That everyone should be in trouble. Like, the end result Truly. is how it should have like, been in the first place. Honestly, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but then we're at the fun fair. And we're in the bouncy castle. And it's lots of shaky cam. And, it's like, the bouncy castle looks like a twister mat. Um... And I think it's just Lola and Yale who are in the bouncy castle. And then they come out and they, like, run into the boys and they're like, what? You're already done with the bouncy castle? They're like, yeah, you guys go ahead, whatever. And they're all just, like, visibly staring at her boobs, which made me very uncomfortable. Why? Um, Why? Always with this little crew are the storylines, like, related to genitalia and deeply uncomfortable for the watcher. Why does this keep happening? I know. I don't understand two dick storylines <laughs> just oh, we group. had two i don't know we only had the, one with spinner group. like why are we doing this <laughs> they had a literal dick measuring contest as a storyline why are you doing this to us to grassy writers i'm furious i I'm don't furious understand this keeps happening i hate that it's the same group every time i hate that these are storylines i'm mad and then Yale feels very uncomfortable, understandably, and is like, Hunter, can we please leave? Because she's uncomfortable with all of these boys staring at her boobs. Also, this their entire group dynamic, I feel like, has just been very gendered, like, ever since Hunter and Yale started dating. There's like There was just, like, a clear line drawn where it's like, oh... We realized you're a girl now, so we're going to make it all about that now. Yeah, I feel bad for which you. Is also, which I also hate. Yeah. Now that we know you're a viable dating option, it's like, oh, all of a sudden we have to, like, be, like, weird and f- hyper-focused on this. Anyway, we are with Zig and Esme. We're in detention. And are, are we in detention? Yeah, we're yeah, in we are. And Zig is like, why do you always get so crazy? And like, that does not go over well with Esme. And Esme is mad 
at Maya because she had to find her in that state last semester. And now she's making scary threats to hurt herself with Zig, like, while she's talking to Zig. And is this when she tells him, is this when? Oh, no, no, no. She th- she says that, and, like, that's the end of this conversation. Also, like, Zig, it's, I, so th- it feels very manipulative. A couple things really bothered me about this on both ends. So... Esme making, like, threats of suicide about herself as, like, a means of control is, like, classic abuser behavior. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. necessarily that Esme is, like, abusive towards Zig, but it is, like, a manipulation in a way that is usually a big red flag. So if anyone ever does that to you, just fucking get out of there, man. It's not your fault, no matter what happens. That Mm -hmm. is someone trying to control you. But additionally, we all know that Esme has, like, deep-seated trauma about finding her mother after she killed herself and then the same thing happened Mm -hmm. with Maya and Zig is the only person who knows about this and apparently Zig first of all is so dumb that he never even considered that it would be an issue second of all he apparently spent like the entire summer taking care of Maya while Esme is like reliving a a serious trauma that like has shaped her as like the terrible person that we see before us and yeah. is having nightmares and is like experiencing like PTSD symptoms and he has not even checked in about it and he's the only one who knows that she's gone through this other than her like shitty dad like yeah. no one like no wonder she's a fucking mess like and he's like you're crazy and she's Truly. like hello <laughs> I am dealing with some shit yeah. and you don't seem to care <laughs> because you're so focused on Maya I don't know I feel honestly and at this point it's like and if you have been with Maya this whole time, you probably know that she has been in therapy. She has struggled with mental health issues, like, for a very long time. I feel like at this point, you don't have an excuse to, like, not know to call people crazy when you know that they struggle with, like, just in general, but especially when you know that they struggle with mental health issues, which include both Maya and Esme. Don't, like, lash out and call Esme crazy because... It's going to make her even more mad, and it's also—it's just not going to help the situation. Well, I mean, um, look, uh, fucking Zig has, like, the emotional, <laughs> like, ability of a teaspoon. Like, it's just bad. He is, he is as dumb <laughs> to as... To paraphrase a- yeah. Harry Potter. Exactly. Thank you. It's like, where do I know that from? Um, it's like, <laughs> it's, he's just tremendous. He does dumb. not have a lot of... No, he does not have a lot of emotional maturity in any way. But then we're with Maya, and she got to skip detention to go to the guidance counselor. Because um, I think she just had, like, a standing appointment. Um, and she's talking about how she feels guilty about the whole suicide attempt. And, like, and says, like, last semester felt like a different person. And then the counselor describes to her that depression can feel like a veil, like something that gets in between you and your true self, or between your true self and the rest of the world, which really resonates with Maya. And I'm really happy that we're that Maya is actively in therapy and that we are also seeing it. I think it is very, extremely important. I'm very happy. I agree. Al- and she wants to go to the fun Although fair. I do have, like, very complicated feelings about this counselor now. And that I think she's a bad counselor. 
because she's shares right. about how she's her sister the counselor has depression and like as someone who live has been living with a therapist for almost 10 years like uh, and has been in therapy like on and off for most of my life like as a counselor you are not supposed to share information about yourself or like personal anecdotes or whatever as comparisons like your focus is on the patient and not like it's it's just like very unprofessional and bad practice to include like personal stories yeah especially because like she tells that story and then Maya's like what happened to her <laughs> it's like don't worry she's okay but it's like what if she wasn't like I don't like let's tread lightly here um but yeah also is this the same counselor that was unhelpful at the beginning of the school year with Maya as well I'm pretty sure so I have very yeah. little faith in this I don't yeah I, I don't Maya's going to a real therapist and this is just like some during school help. this is just like a yeah. totally yeah but she wants to go to the fun fair and her counselor's like yes go for it <laughs> because Maya's like it's ba I'm basically the reason why it's happening right like let me go to this fun fair um but then I think we're at the fun fair and we see Frankie who is delusional and thinks that Jonah wants to get back together with her even though I'm not convinced that they've even spoken since they broke up. Yeah. Uh, Frankie's been pretty delusional about this entire relationship. I mean, Jonah yeah. hasn't been and helpful, Grace but over this is just, like, complete nonsense out of nowhere. No. And Grace overhears this and is like, oh, doesn't seem like Grank Frankie's fucking too sad about this. She thinks you're getting back together. And so then Grace challenges Jonah to, like, one of those jousting blow up things and takes out her anger on him during that and she's standing her ground and she's like Frankie thinks you're getting back together I'm tired of being your sturdy little secret talk to me when you're ready to like make this public essentially um and good for Grace <laughs> but then we're back with Zig and Esme and he's He's now he's very worried about her and he's apologizing for calling her crazy. And that this is when Esme shares more about how like finding Maya really triggered nightmares about her mom. Um, and now Zig thinks it's all his fault. And, and then Zig shares that he thinks it's his fault what happened to Maya because he just wasn't there after their breakup and everything. And then this is when Esme takes the opportunity to be like, it's not your fault. It's Sod's fault. He's the one who opened the door to put her, like, to take her on the roof. And Zig's like, and they were taking all those creepy photos together. And I, I fucking hate her so much sometimes. Sod does not deserve this. No. No, he does not. I am mad at Esme as per usual. And then, oh, God, and then we're back with Jonah making a grand gesture, which is extremely mortifying. He, like, sings a song on a microphone in front of the fun fair for Grace. And Grace is, like, Grace is trying to embody that, like, Homer Simpson gif when he's, like, <laughs> like, like, going into the bushes. She's, like, in the trees, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please don't do this to me. Um, 
But then I like okay after he's so first of all the song is not good it's a bad song I mean to to give give Jonas some credit he did like write it on the fly like as damage control for his relationship but it sucks second of all I fully understand like where Grace is at because this is a little bit of a brag but not really because it was one of the most mortifying moments of my life but I have been serenaded in public. Oh, I know. By a man with an acoustic Multiple guitar. Multiple times. <laughs> Playing Hey There, Delilah by the Plain White Tees. Um, I'm like about to cry just thinking about it. It was horrible. Um, we had been dating for one week. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I met him. I well, what about I, that? I met him at, um, in a, a, a rehab adjacent situation. It was, it was not. It was doomed from right. the start. But it was. I forgot about that. But I also remember you went on a First oh shit! I date. forgot about that. The guy who sang at me on the first and second date. We went out on and a first second date. date. He did it again. He sang for me in the middle of a restaurant on our first date, and I was like, "Well, I guess I can try it again." And then he sang again on the second date. I don't understand why you went on a second date with him after he did that to either. And he had like the biggest obscenely bad man bun of my entire life that I've ever seen. Why did I keep doing that? There was a lot about him that I was like, first of all, why did you go on a first date with him? And then second of all, after the serenading in the middle of a restaurant, why would you do that to yourself again? I don't know. That was during the time that I was dating a lot. You were dating a lot. Was, yeah, yeah, I was dating it a was lot. Like and I also, every like, I always, week. unless it was, like, obscenely bad, which I guess this didn't count as obscenely bad, <laughs> I, I, I always gave people, like, a second chance because I was like, first dates are awkward. That's true. I think you were just, you justified it with, like, maybe he was nervous. Like, I don't know. First dates are weird. Let's see. Like, otherwise it was fine. Let's do it again. And then he did it again. <laughs> Twice, oh my Twice. god and then i saw him randomly on but, the street like six months later or something <laughs> and i hid i, I feel like hit. that happens to you a lot too where you like just randomly run into people you've previously dated and you're like oh I, I, hi yeah that was the week that i ran into i ran into him and i ran into another guy that i had dated around the same time that was like almost as bad but the 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 seeing him again situation was significantly worse. Like I was just like yeah. walking down the street in the West Village when I ran into this guy, so I could just like step out of the way, and like we <laughs> didn't he didn't even see me. He was like across the street. Right. Or the second time I had to like interact because my friend dragged me along to the worst play that I've ever seen in my life that he was starring in, <laughs> but he was also doing the tickets collecting at the front so we had to I had to give him my ticket and it was so uncomfortable it was the worst I forgot about it was like top of the list didn't you run into didn't you run into another didn't you run into arms guy yes I ran into arms guy at um a brand new concert like six months later right 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 that that was also weird Anyway, um, it's a big city. <laughs> it's a big city. It's, I mean, I, although moments like that, I think tr- are truly like it's I guess it's not that big, at least not in our like maybe age group and interest overlaps 
we're gonna run into the same people, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, at least um, made sense because like both of us loved brand new and always tried to see them live, <laughs> and that was like a thing that we bonded over. So like running into him outside of a brand new concert that was like in between both of our neighborhoods was not the most shocking thing but it was like it was highly likely highly likely but it was also like a huge concert full of a lot of people yeah that's true so that was a little weird i don't know i don't we don't have to keep talking about this was it at atlantic no it was at um king's theater in flatbush oh okay okay oh that's a cool place to see a concert yeah it was awesome it was anyway (laughs) anyway he sings to her and he like opens up his shirt and he he has written i'm with grace and sharpie on it which i did i did like the sharpie shirt i thought that was cute it it just i think that was maybe all he needed to do yeah i mean that's that's fun (laughs) but also it reminded me of when um taylor swift was dating what's his face oh my god he showed up to her fourth of july party wearing a tank top that like had i, I heart yeah. ts like badly written on it yeah that whole relationship was so weird it's fake right that was definitely um, the fakest relationship we've ever seen yeah i don't think it's been confirmed fake but i think everybody was like this is fake especially like as it was happening it was like this is fake she has an album coming out soon this is all for the promo and he has like a movie coming out soon like we see right through this. He's going to be in the music video, right? Like, every, I think everyone thought they were doing this and then it was going to be revealed in a music video or something. Oh, but kind that of never like happened. that. Do you remember? God, I can't remember anyone's name. John Lovitz <laughs> with that, like, 20-year-old. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, Instagram posts of, like, yes. With, with the, like, the she was in, like, 90210 or whatever. Yeah, with, like, the biggest rock you've ever yeah. seen. And then it turned out that he, that they're, they were like in a music video together or something stupid right right they said it was fake after like a couple hours but the world Mm -hmm. exploded for Mm -hmm. a couple hours it was a real bummer to watch (laughs) i remember that um but he's like i'm with grace like to the world i'm with grace they like kiss they're official now and frankie is extremely upset and i'm sure we will get her full reaction in a future episode (laughs) Um, but then, uh, we're with Yale, who's back at the bra store, and she's just not happy with any of the options, and, like, the sales lady comes in and is like, okay, well, we also have binders that you can try out if, like, nothing else is working for you. So, she tries one on, and it, like, visibly makes her so much happier and more comfortable. Um, so... And also, I'm like, sure good we'll on this track this journey store for readily having binders available and offering them as an option, like, honestly, early on in a conversation. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we kind of got it spoiled for us by, like, the Degrassi wiki that um, I believe Yale is going to come out as uh, gender non-binary or similar. Right. Um, right. So... You know, this is kind of like our first step into that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'll try to be better at pronouns going forward now that we know we're getting there. Um, and then we're back with Zig, who is confronting Saad. And it's like, do you even feel bad? You could have stopped her. Meh. It's just like, 
he doesn't have any of the context no. and but good for fucking sod for standing his ground and is like what are you talking about like i didn't know what was going on like this is not your battle to fight essentially yeah and then zig tries to take his camera and then he and then as, as soon as he was like fighting over the camera i'm like Zig, you know you're going to have to pay for this camera if you break it. And then he punches him? Or does Sod punch him? I don't know, because my only yeah. note is, wow, big punch. He gets punched. Yeah, I wrote, oh my god, punch! So I think Sod, Sod punches... I think he does break the camera, and then Sod punches him, and is like, fuck you, basically, and like walks away, and that's the end of the episode. Ridiculous. I've said And it I'm honestly, like, <laughs> not mad about no. it, because Zig had no right to do that cosine yeah no i got mad when he broke the camera because i was like are you fucking kidding me also if he had filmed that camera when he broke it that film is ruined and that sucks Ugh. um also i've said it before and i'll say it again zig is terrible he is a dummy he sucks <laughs> he's, it's, no. it's like he's not like as bad he's not like i don't think he's like purposely terrible he's not like cruel but he's just so fucking stupid that it, like, gets in his way. <laughs> Honestly. And, like, it seems like he fails to learn any lessons because he's so dumb. <laughs> he's the dumbest boy. Or he just learns the wrong lessons because he just does not understand what the actual problem is. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Do we have a spirit squad captain? Um, Lola for helping Yale yeah, being and, a good friend. you know, trying her best. And then I think ultimately Spirit Squad captain should be Yale for um, yeah. starting a journey and figuring themselves out. Agree. Agree. Um, and then ship, I, I mean, I guess Grace and Jonah, like I'm not mad about it, but I'm also not like standing it. I'm, I'll friendship Lola and Yale though. Yeah. I, I agree with both of those. I just remembered how and we used to do morals. I'm really glad we I know. <laughs> I was just like, is there anything else that we do? Nope. Morals are no longer a thing. Um, all right. But I guess we can get into grapevine. All right, so for Grapevine, we have two emails. So I think Kelsey is going to read the first one. Yes. Um, so this is an email from Ezra. Uh, the subject is your Gen Z rep. Um, hey, folks, my name is Ezra, and I found your podcast pretty recently. I've been binge listening to the Next Generation apps. I'm in season four, and I've listened to all the Next Class apps you've put out. Thank you for starting from the beginning and also being up to date. I feel like that's a cool way to do that. Um, I'm only going to read the second paragraph to this because um, the rest is compliments, etc. Um, <laughs> I've been looking for a good time to email. So when you were talking about social media and stuff on your last episode, I took that as my cue. I'm an 18-year-old college student, and at least from what I've seen, the world of social media has largely taken over texting and calling. Also, nobody calls anybody anymore. They tend to FaceTime. But, like, yeah, lots of conversations, especially in group chats, tend to be on Snap or Instagram or occasionally WhatsApp because people's phones are all different, so it's hard to make group chats. Also, people will be having one convo or a text and a different, totally different one with the same person at the same time on another app. Holland and I do this with great frequency. 
Yeah, we do that with Instagram for sure. Yeah. We'll be texting <laughs> about one thing and Instagram DMing about something else. My friend Susie and I do that too. I feel like it's a it's a good sign of a good friendship when you can have two entirely different yeah. conversations on two different <laughs> mediums. Um, but we do still text. We do still text. <laughs> Um, and he finishes with and call. I, I don't think it's that weird that in Degrassi they never really text. So yeah, we were right. Gen Z does not text or call anymore. Thank you, Ezra. I'm I'm assuming going forward we're going to be asking specifically you a lot of questions. We are going to call you out in the future and be like, Ezra, can you tell us? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just like check. Oh yeah, as hi, I have another one right now. Ezra, are there dating apps that exist for high school students? Because I feel like we've come across that even in like, like Claire season, like when Drew and Claire were on those weird ass dating apps. And I'm like, there's no way high schoolers can be on these things legally, no. right? So I don't know, Ezra, are there high schoolers on dating apps? Let us know. Yeah, I'm just gonna reiterate um, our previous point of if there is a dating app for high schoolers and like people under 18, how is that not like rife of sexual predators? <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah. Um, so thank you, Ezra. <laughs> Uh, we also have another email from Kev, which is a game, and it's called This or That. So I'm just going to dive into it. It's like so there are two options, and you have to pick one of the options, and they all have, like, categories. So the first one is who had the better glow up, Emma or Connor? Oh, that's hard. I'm going to just uh, – man. It's really hard it's really because – I mean, I, I think that they both had incredible glow ups. Don't get me wrong, but I think that Emma's glow up was more drastic. True, I was going to agree with that, and I'm also going to say you can look at young Connor and I, older Connor and be like, yeah, that's the same person. But like young Emma and older Emma, you're like, what? It was more drastic. It was a much more drastic change. It was truly like the braces came off. She like went through puberty essentially and it was like oh shit you look like a different person <laughs> completely different human being yeah agree okay second option best character arc drew or miles miles, miles. i don't even have to think about that like i don't even want to think about drew, <laughs> drew? drew. what <laughs> no I don't know if it's popular to hate drew but i kind of hate him as yeah. a character yeah I agree. I think this is a Drew-hating podcast. I don't know if that's a popular opinion in the Degrassi community, though. Let us know. <laughs> um, okay, better band. The Stoods or Whisper Hug? Stoods. The Stoods. Are you kidding me? Based on name alone. Just the name. <laughs> Terrible. Okay. Oh, Janie and the Studs best Peter Stone, which I still think is the best Degrassi <laughs> band name. So stupid. I don't know. I still, I still like downtown Sasquatch. Downtown Sasquatch is really good. <laughs> That's truly the best band, like of the Degrassi. Like it's been just been downhill since there. Well, you can't, um, you can't beat Craig as lead singer for anything. No, no, no. Um, sorry, PMS. <laughs> best female lead: Emma or Maya? I'm going to say Maya. Yeah. I feel like there's more, I mean, uh, as much as I miss Emma and I have like 
loyalty to OG, but I think Maya has the more interesting storyline, or at least where we're, uh, maybe it's because of where we're at with Maya's storyline right now. Mm-hmm. But like, I never no, felt I agree. Like the same as I'm feeling right now about Maya's storyline as I felt about like en- any of Emma's hardships. I think with Emma, you always kind of knew she was going to be okay. And though she did go through some pretty major hardships, it was, I don't know, I guess the stakes have been higher with Maya. And it's just Maya has been on a completely different show. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially. So, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Better storyline. Better storyline. The shooting or the bus crash? The shooting down yeah a thousand percent sorry bus crash but no especially because we had so many problems with it to begin with anyway the way that it was executed okay final option oh boy would you rather have to share a room with claire and eli or with frankie and jonah frankie and jonah because i've Claire and Eli just, like, egg each other on and are super annoying. And I feel like Frankie and Jonah, like, even at their most annoying, were, like, tolerable. Like, you could be friends with them without feeling, like, the worst third wheel, which with Claire and Eli, I feel like that is just a totally different scenario. Yeah, I don't know, but... Frankie and Jonah are also really annoying. They are really annoying, but <laughs> like I think individually, they would be, I think they would be less annoying to be spending time with than Claire and Eli, who would be fucking. That's true. That's true. That's true. Agree. Okay, that was everything. So thank you, Kev. That was a good one. <laughs> we should do more of those. Yeah. send us more of those. Those are fun. I know. Send more games. Yeah, this or that are fu- is fun. Um, all right. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Uh, oh, wait. No, I got to do our fucking thing. Uh, it's been so long. That is all the grapevine that we have for you guys today. If you'd like to be featured on a future grapevine segment, you can tweet at us at DegrassiPod or you can email us at whateverittakespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to us pretty much anywhere, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would be super cool. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HollandTacular. Mine is long. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Keller High Water. You can follow me on Twitter at Kel Sucks with a Z at the end. Um, you should follow my dog because he's fucking adorable. It's Boomy the Boxky. B-U-M-I the B-O-X-S-K-Y. And yeah. And he's all healed up all for healed anyone up for the wondering. Most part. He's, got, he's got a weak leg. For the most part. The cast is off. The cast is off. <laughs> back in action yes um and in terms of recommending stuff i am going to recommend kid 90 which is a documentary that soleil moon fry made aka punky brewster and it's basically she as a child star in the 90s she like filmed everything on like her personal camcorder so this documentary is essentially just like looking back at her like teenage years in the 90s and you just see like a sea of like similarly famous child stars like 
ranging from like Leonardo DiCaprio. She was like pussy posse adjacent in the 90s. And like, uh, what's his face from 90210? Um, Megan Fox's ex-husband. I can't remember. Why can't I think of his name at the moment? I don't know. It's just like an interesting look at that time. And it's also like a pretty poignant reflection on like struggling with like substance abuse and depression and how many people in her like crowd that she did lose um, to suicide. Also, she talks about how she had a breast reduction as a teenager, which kind of reminded me of Yale's storyline of like being uncomfortable with her body like developing so much. So I don't know, kind of related as well. It's on Hulu, Kid 90. Sounds great. I really liked it. Did she have anything from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the college years? Because she was on that for a while. She didn't talk about it. I know. She didn't talk oh. about it. She didn't talk about Sabrina. I know. That's a bummer. Crazy. I loved, I loved <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That was my favorite I think show it's because for a really it was, long time. I loved that show so much. I think it was because it was post. That was post 90s. Yeah, she was a little So older. she didn't really talk about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a really, uh, an Instagram account, um, that Holland, I think that you would like if you guys like, like celebrity gossip and blind items. Um, this is <laughs> the Instagram account for you. Uh, it's Dumois, D-E-U-S-M-O-I. I knew it was going to be Dumois. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of Dumois. I wanted to recommend it like two months ago and then I forgot and then we went on hiatus. Um, it's fun. It's a fun time. I had it recommended to me. Yeah, by it is fun my boss weirdly enough but yeah it's it's a it's a fun <laughs> I, I get kind of burnt out on it actually because it's so much but you just like go in wow. in pieces it's a fun time yeah i just hear about it occasionally on like who weekly now <laughs> um all right well that is all that we have for you guys today thank you as always for listening thank you to jay for our wonderful theme song and I can't say anything in order. Thank you all for listening again. Goodbye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. <laughs>